What happens to all the tear gas after protests? That story and more on H2O Radio's weekly news report. I'm Jamie Sudler. I'm Franny Halperin, and it's This Week in Water. Federal law enforcement officers may have left Portland, Oregon last week, but now local officials are wondering what they left behind. According to the Oregonian, state regulators are requiring the city to test the storm water around parts of downtown because of the unprecedented amount of tear gas used by both federal agents and local police. For almost nine weeks, the city's downtown area has been covered by cloud of tear gas used against protesters. And now there are worries about what the chemicals will do to the environment, particularly the water. Officials believe that heavy metals are associated with some of the gas, and city police are working with environmental officials to identify what chemicals can be detected. But federal agencies are not cooperating and have not supplied information about what was deployed. There could be harmful effects. Oregon Public Broadcasting has documented dozens of cases in which women exposed to the gas had irregular menstrual cycles. A spokesperson for Portland said the city's working to prevent the pollutants from getting into the Willamette River, but it's likely the chemicals are already in the sewer system. The vast majority of humans live along the planet's coastlines. As the climate warms, models show that these areas will likely be inundated due to rising sea levels. But those predictions suggest that land is static, not moving up or down. According to new research from Arizona State University, there are lots of areas with subsidence where land is sinking, and that could make any future flooding worse. Land subsidence can be attributed to natural processes like tectonics and soil compaction. But human activities such as groundwater extraction and oil and gas drilling can also cause sinking. The researchers analyzed the entire California coast using radar from state-of-the-art satellites to detect land surface rise or fall down to one millimeter. They identified four hotspots where land is sinking, San Francisco, Monterey Bay, Los Angeles, and San Diego. And the researchers say these places will have a higher risk of flooding as sea levels rise. The study's lead author said that the vast majority of San Francisco Bay's perimeter is sinking at a rate of nearly six millimeters per year. And the Monterey Bay area, including the city of Santa Cruz, is sinking faster at close to nine millimeters annually. Going forward, as coastal populations grow, the team says it's vital to include both land subsidence and sea level rise into projections to identify areas for potential flooding. To that end, they have made their data free for download to policymakers and the general public. A common mineral that's in cell phones and computer batteries may also be in drinking water supplies, and that could have a positive effect on mental health. New research published in the British Journal of Psychiatry finds that regions with relatively high levels of the mineral lithium in their water had correspondingly lower suicide rates. Lithium is a naturally occurring element and is found in vegetables, grains, and spices. It's present in trace amounts in virtually all rocks and migrates into soils and public water supplies. It's widely used as a medication to treat manic and depressive episodes and to reduce the risk of suicide in people with mood disorders. But the levels of lithium in drinking water are far lower than those recommended when it's used as medicine. According to the lead author of the study at the University of Sussex, suicide rates are increasing in many countries, with over 800,000 people 
taking their lives every year. The health benefits of naturally occurring lithium in water have been known for centuries. Recent studies have also linked it to reduced incidence of Alzheimer's disease and other dementias. The lead author says that the next steps might include trials with supplements of lithium, particularly in communities where there's a high prevalence of mental health conditions. Oceans are being contaminated by plastics and oil spills, but there's another potential source of pollution, light. A new study by the University of Plymouth shows that the expansion of cities along coasts could illuminate the nearby seafloor and harm marine habitats. The research finds that under both cloudy and clear skies, common streetlights permeate the water column. This could pose a significant threat to coastal species because artificial light can disrupt the lunar compass marine animals use when traveling long distances. The problem is expected to get worse as coastal development increases around the world. And finally, affording one's electric bills in the UK could soon be a breeze. That's because offshore wind power is now so cheap that energy providers will be returning subsidies to the government, which in turn could pass on the savings to ratepayers. The price of offshore wind has fallen rapidly due to technology that has led to larger turbines with immense blades that can harness more wind energy. The turbines can also be placed farther out at sea where they can access more consistent wind speeds at higher altitudes. New research from Imperial College London shows that offshore wind will undercut power generated by burning fossil fuels, contrary to arguments made by some that renewables will raise rates. Offshore wind will be pivotal in helping the world reach net zero carbon emissions, according to one of the scientists. The World Economic Forum says that offshore wind currently provides less than 1% of the world's electricity supply. However, it's growing rapidly by nearly 30% each year for the last decade. Meanwhile, in the U.S., there are currently only seven turbines at sea, with five in Rhode Island, and construction of two off of Virginia completed in June. According to E&E News, the University of Delaware estimates that by 2030, offshore wind projects in East Coast states could provide the same amount of energy as 18 nuclear power plants. That's it for This Week in Water. We'll see you next time.